0: In today's episode, we
1: share how our intuitive and psychic abilities have heightened and progressed over recent years, including sharing some of the different ways we channel. Jordana guesses the natal chart of a songstress who's been making headlines lately, and I have a whinge about people forcing their causes onto you. Hashtag energetic boundaries. We also have our first agony aunt sesh, answering one of your very poignant questions. Hint, hint, we're talking tarot. And we have a super exciting announcement at the very end of the app. so make sure you stay tuned for that because you definitely don't want to miss it. But before we kick things off, Jord... How has your week been?
0: <laughs> that sounds so exciting that episode. I'm like, oh I can't <laughs> wait to hear it. But I'm going <laughs> I'm to listen. <laughs> <laughs> um my week's been good. I've I mean, every week I'm just like, oh, just been writing. I have just been writing. But it's been um it's been really good. I've gotten to a point in the book that's kind of fun and exciting where I mean the whole book's fun and exciting, but the first bit of the book was very much about me going deep inside myself and it was very traumatic at times but now I'm now I'm in the fun bit um but one of the things I've been researching this week which has been really interesting and eye-opening for me is um different kinds of relationships and and one of the things I've been looking at is open relationships and I stumbled across this New York Times article I, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you read much from the New York Times do you
1: No, but it makes you sound very smart.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, they do really beautiful, long, researched feature pieces, but they're always really well written. And there was this feature piece I I read yesterday called, Is an Open Marriage a Happier Marriage? And it basically profiled, like, several different couples, but one... They're not a threesome because they're not all three of them together, but one open relationship very closely. Mm -hmm. And it was talking about whether or not it's possible for the marriage to actually become more fruitful and more rewarding when they're able to open it up and be satisfied in different ways that their partner can't satisfy them in. Now, I'm not not a prude and I'm really trying to open myself up to – different ways of thinking and different ways of relating but I really really struggle with the concept of open relationships and I wanted to know how like as someone who's been in a long-term relationship pretty much your entire life Mm. what and I'm not asking you to say yes or no to open marriage but like what what are your thoughts on it
1: do you know what I've been quite open to it, and that's not to say that we've Trent and I have experienced it because we haven't, but there have been moments in our relationship where I have given serious thought to should Trent come to me and say, look, I'm wanting to, you know, explore this side of a, a, a sexual or sensual experience with somebody that I feel like I'm not getting. I'd almost be open to having that conversation with him rather than him feeling the need to go off and have an affair. Does that make sense? It's like I, I I wonder if open relationships for the most part are purely based on a lack of feeling fulfilled in a sex life or is it that there are dynamics that aren't being met in a relationship that aren't, aren't even sexual?
0: Yeah, so that's you what know? this article explored. A, a lot of the time it was about sex, Um other times it wasn't it was i'm i'm not feeling satisfied in this way you don't like to do these things with me um other times it was just like i i need to explore more and it's not that you don't give it to me it's that that exploration is about being able to relate with multiple people yeah you know? um and and there were lots of instances in this article where um the third party or the extra lover would be invited into the home and not in a sexual nature but for dinner or for you know some sort of social gathering and and again like so open-minded I just know for me um even when I trust my partner implicitly I, I think that jealousy would and comparison would just overcome me
1: Yeah, you know, when you were talking, what I realised is like, Holly, there's a difference between having a threesome or a foursome or whatever you choose, whatever number you choose, and actually having a relationship with an extra person. Mm. I I just could not do that. I I couldn't invite a third party into relating with myself and Trent. Like It just couldn't be a thing. I'm more open-minded to maybe purely just a one-off experience
0: yes and I'm also open-minded to a one-off experience totally but be to yeah. having two relationships at once first of all I just don't understand it but second of all I just can't imagine my heavily air dominated chart not being stuck in my head the whole time about it
1: I would be absolutely triggered on the rake by it I yeah the jealousy in me as well which I'd like to think is under control, but it's only because I've been with Trent for a very long time. It would just, I would be like wildfire. It wouldn't be nice.
0: Yes. And I think the other thing, see a lot of people in this article said that it saved their marriage. And, and, and that is. really Yeah. And that's wonderful for me. And and I'm not hopping on a moral high horse at all. Cause like I said, no. I'm very open and I'm actually interviewing a man and a woman, not in the same relationship about open relationships this this week Mm. just to get their take on it but for me if I want to venture outside of my marriage or my relationship it's an indicator for me that I'm not I don't want to be with that person anymore
1: you're not feeling fulfilled in that marriage or relationship
0: where they're saying well hang on don't give up on it so easily we got married so would this satisfy you enough to want to keep this going
1: I I can kind of see it in terms of the don't give up on this so easily but, you know, maybe just sit with a marriage counselor and talk things out. <laughs> I don't, I, I, yeah, it's very confusing. I, I don't know how I would be able to even keep up with being in a relationship with a second person, you know? Mm,
0: well, these are the questions I'm going to ask. But I just wanted to get your take on it because I got lost in a New York Times hole last night. And I just, I I'm so.
1: Do you know anyone in your personal life who's in an open relationship?
0: I, I do. I do. Uh, not terribly well, but I'll tell you this. uh, It was many years ago now, but um, I was dating a guy. Well, I mean, we were boyfriend and girlfriend. Does that count as dating? No, we were in a relationship. His best best friend was in an open relationship and um, they lived together and they'd been together for years. And I really struggled with it. I really struggled with it. I knew her and she was also sleeping with other people. But I just whenever we were out and he would start picking women up at a bar and I knew she was at home, I couldn't handle the guilt. And he it was It makes like, me feel sick. He was like, George, let it go. She knows what I'm doing. I'm not you know, nothing is in the dark. There are no secrets here. And so it was all my own shit, but I, I just couldn't sit well it just didn't sit with me, right? But it was my own insecurities as well. So it's just interesting and that's why Now that I'm not emotionally involved because I'm not in that relationship and those people aren't connected to me, I'm really interested to have the conversation with two people who are in relationships, long-term relationships that are open.
1: I'm so interested to hear what comes out of those interviews, Jord. I've heard that I, I, I know some people in my life who've experienced open relationship as well positively and also ending relationships because of the experience and, and saying, I wish we never did that because mm. it, it ruined things. both ways. And what I've heard is you've got to be so fierce and clear on like rules and boundaries in the relationship. Like if you pick someone else up, is it, if it's only for you to experience, do you bring them home to the marital bed or do you go somewhere else? Like there's so many things. Like do they meet your dog? Like
0: no. so many things. Yeah. They cannot meet Lola or Archie. It's not okay. <laughs> yeah yeah it's wild also what this article said actually it's very much about having rules
1: yeah and then if you break the rules then it's broken trust because obviously trust is the biggest piece in this there is just so much to think about
0: yeah my double brain
1: cannot keep up
0: (laughs) if anyone has any experience or thoughts on it we'd love to hear about it in the facebook group um so my love holly you have started doing intuitive readings again that's a new and exciting thing for you
1: It's like a 2020 vibe, isn't it? 2019, I was like putting the cards away, giving them away. Guys, I'm done. And this year, I'm like, I'm back in a big way.
0: (laughs) So very liberal of you. (laughs) It's right.
1: I'm so excited, Jord. It's it's interesting. Uh, When I make a decision and then I go back on my decision, I feel a little bit of a or I feel like a little bit of like a fraud, I guess. So when I found myself wanting to dive back into one-on-ones for a number of reasons um, and, and the readings in particular, I was like, oh, shit, I told everyone last year that I wasn't doing them anymore. Like, is this me going back on my word? But what I've experienced is that in taking the time away from them, my intuition and my experience of intuition has has actually heightened. It's almost like I needed to recalibrate my intuitive abilities to get to a new level where I'm able to offer so much more. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: it absolutely makes sense. And you know what was coming to me as you were saying that. And I know they're very different things, but it's like when a woman or or man for that matter gives consent and then decides actually no, you know what, I'm going to take that back. That's okay. Like we're so human. So true. We can change our minds as much as we freaking like. And I think that the reason that you had to stop doing them is that you weren't feeling aligned. And when you're not in alignment, then you're in a really um, tricky space to be able to channel, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but to be able to channel and and show up and hold space for people. But then you took the time away, you did the work that had to be done for you, and a lot of that was about not doing the work, and now you're ready to come back. And, And that serves you and it serves the people you're doing readings for.
1: It's true. It's really, really exciting. I actually sat opposite. um, I met someone for the first time last night, my friend's housemate, and they had a deck of cards out. And I was like, oh, would you like me to do a little reading for you? Because here I am thinking, right, next week, I'm giving readings to strangers for the first time in... 18 months like am I going to be okay at this I've been doing little readings for my friends here and there and I sat opposite this person that I'd only just met in the moment and did maybe like a 15 minute read and she was like oh my god this is all so spot on and it was so nice Jordan, to be do you know what it is it's a flow state when we channel it's it's you're disconnecting from the tabs in your mind for me at least and it feels so fluid and obviously you're in that feminine energy of being intuitive and trust. And I feel like the more that I can practice that in my work, the more that that's going to lead into my personal life as well. So I'm really excited to see how it all unfolds.
0: Yeah, I totally understand that flow state. It's an interesting, it's an interesting state to be in, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people, um, well, I get asked this question all the time, and I'm sure you do too. Like, how do you know when you're channeling something, and how do you know when it's just your overactive brain feeding you information <laughs>
1: all the time?
0: Yeah, and I think the best way to describe it is that it is—I oh, don't know—it's hard. Uh, I'd love your—I'd love your take on that whole because for me, I channel a little bit differently to you. I usually channel through writing or through a, a dream state. I very rarely channel just like sitting in front of somebody. Um, for me, it is more of a hindsight reflection of, Oh, that was just channeled rather than, Oh my God, I'm channeling. I'm in the moment channeling. It's all coming through right now.
1: Totally. Totally. (laughs) Whereas mine is like, Oh God, it's coming out. And yeah, interesting. The way that I, I guess I can explain channeling in the moment is it's like, you're telling a story, but you have no idea where this story is coming from and you've got to keep telling it because if you stop, then your thoughts and logical mind will get in the way so when people sit opposite me in a reading, uh, they'll find that I just talk, 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 because I'm in this flow that if I do stop and question it, then I'm kind of putting the brakes on intuition. So it the way that I'm seeing is like this waterfall of like just consistent information. And the more that I talk, the more that the information comes. Uh, and we've spoken in a previous episode, Jord, about the different abilities, but we both mentioned that we, it's rare that we see things like pictures and images and more, it's about discernment of what is a thought and what is the voice of intuition. And the hardest part of that is they sound like the same thing, right?
0: Absolutely. Uh, You know what I've started to realize in the last year, probably as my, um, intuition, but also my psychic abilities have really increased is it's not even a thought anymore. It's a, it's a deep, deep, deep knowing that happens on two levels. And I was talking it out with Zoe the other day. It's it's a deep-rooted, grounded knowing, so I feel so certain, so certain and so grounded in thoughts, not the word, in the idea of it. But I also feel so connected and so um, confident in the knowing from a higher self perspective not a not a channeled information from spirit or from someone else do you know what i mean it's
1: yours it's yours yeah
0: Yeah. absolutely it's that it's that
1: clarity piece there's just there's no question marks around the information it's just and it feels I guess that is the best way to describe it. It feels very clear and it's not allowing yourself to get into the, oh, that's ridiculous. That's far-fetched. The thing is we do that. And in fact, when I went and did um, a five-day intuitive reading course before I offered one-on-one readings, I went and did a five-day course up in Byron, actually, and sat opposite strangers for the whole five days reading. And what we were taught in that was just speak, do not question. If a name comes up in your mind – Ask the name. If you get it wrong, it's okay. But more often than not, we don't get it wrong, George. The thing is that we filter because a name in our mind will come up or an experience about that person and then we start to tell a story. Oh no, that couldn't possibly relate. That's so random. Oh no, now I'm projecting stuff. And that's when it becomes really foggy. Mm, Yeah? yeah. But if we just start to just speak whatever's in our head, you'll be so surprised by what actually lands for people. In, In fact, I had a really, really good example of this um a couple of uh, for the most part of this year i feel like i've even mentioned it to you i felt hawaii has been calling me no explanation as to why i just feel that at some point this year i'd love to be there and it's calling me in my dr joe dispenza medis hawaii's coming up i got a text message from my girlfriend jess avid podcast listener and she sent me a text message last week saying "Hole, this just dropped into my head out of nowhere but i feel like you need to go to Hawaii," and. Jess isn't a practicing intuitive. She's got very little to do with this world, but she trusted what dropped into her head and went out of her way to share that with me and it landed like full-body goosebumps that she she delivered a message that was meant for me. Now, she could have sat there and gone, oh, that's random, and just passed it off as a flying thought, but she didn't. You know, that's the difference.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I, I, <laughs> I feel the need to put a caveat on that because... This does not mean that every time something drops into your head, you should call people and let them know. It's like, it's really dropping into your intuition then and going, is this going to serve the person? Are they going to, are they going to receive it? Well, you know, like really reading the room, so to speak.
1: It's so true. Like booking a trip to Hawaii is a very light, easy, you know, thing to share with somebody where if. It wasn't intuition. It's still not going to do any harm. But you definitely have to be discerning around what is dropping into your head, especially if you're starting out as well because you don't know if it's actually intuit- intuitively downloaded, which is why if you are interested in this, go and do a course. Go and go and sit and learn more about this craft before you kind of start reading for others, I guess.
0: I think the other thing is like, um, and we'll talk about it later when we do our announcement at the end of this, but I think also being among People who can I just stop myself there? I've got this real thing with saying among and amongst. I had this. um, I had one of my editors once. She was like, "Never use st with anything like amidst, amongst, whilst." Oh, yeah. So it's always while or among or amidst is a word in itself. But she never liked using them. So I always want to say amongst, and then I'm like, "I can't say it."
1: Anyway, I don't think I've ever said among. Among. Among people. It's like among bean. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Anyway, amongst. I'm just going to say it to Spire. um, (laughs) Being around people who are into this sort of thing and like really kind of um, immersing yourself in the vibrations of people who are tapping into their intuition. And, you know, there are some really simple techniques for drawing it out of you. And and that's something that we really want to help people with. So, yeah, like listening to podcasts like this and really kind of, tuning into what the feels are for you and knowing that they are different for everybody. And that's what I've really discovered this year. Like, uh, you know, I I feel like over the years there's been lots of different little ways in which I um, can feel stuff or know stuff or read into stuff. But in the last year, it's really kind of landed for me what the the major intuitive indicators are for me and that I can Mm. never, ever, ever ignore them.
1: Mm. do you have some examples like are they bodily sensations are they that sense of clarity like what are some major indicators for you
0: it's it's a sense of clarity um and deep knowing and i think just because i have such a high level of self-awareness these days i really know when something is a deep knowing and when something is a deep longing
1: yeah yeah Yeah. Um, yeah
0: and i've really been able to um discern between the two based on a few different things Mm. Um, physical reaction definitely but also just really trusting in the difference between a deep gut heartfelt feeling um, and an ego
1: desire yeah
0: it's very different for me it's very hard to explain but what I have noticed is that when I can drop into my intuition and this is getting a little bit woo-woo, but when I am listening to the niggles and I am following, it's like the universe responds mm. and um, energetically there's been this real massive force field that's been happening around me lately. And Holly and I have been speaking about it a bit because it's been very unfortunate in the way that it's been manifesting for me, but it's just an indicator that there's a force field around me at the moment. Um, and one of the examples of that is when I was away on my riding retreat, I um was I was channeling a lot because I was writing but also I was doing some very 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 deep meditations a lot of them were Joe Dispenza um and when I was sitting in meditation in one of the cabins um out of nowhere this bird just flew straight at me but it was outside and between me and the bird was a window and it (laughs) smashed itself on the window dead sorry guys it was very unfortunate um but throughout that experience while I was away, and this has happened a lot throughout my life, but it's really been culminating over the last mm. few months, is I actually killed, in similar fashions, I actually killed four birds while I was away.
1: It's And I was with you, Jord, before you went away. I was in Byron and we'd just done the Joe, Dispenza, Medi together and that bird flew at the window. And you said, yeah, this happens to me all the time. And, yeah, I've seen it. It does. They
0: fly at the car. They fly at me in the street. Actually, I was on the (laughs) – you would have died, Holly. I was on the um, lighthouse walk this morning and I thought it was a bird. Flew right at me, hit me in the face, but it wasn't. It was a moth and it was – no, 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 no. I
1: reckon it
0: was – Two hand spans, yeah. two hands. I feel spans. sick. Yeah, it was I huge. I actually feel sick. And I was like, whoa. Um, but it is an indicator of, it's okay. It, <laughs> I survived. I'm here.
1: I'm so glad that <laughs> um, you're okay.
0: <laughs> it's an indicator of, of the energy that's circulating around you. Absolutely. You know? um, so that's how I know. I get, I get indications like that. I'm, I'm really hoping that it changes with the birds because I can't have any more birds dying in my presence.
1: Yeah, no, I'll start to, I'll report you. It's not okay. (laughs) (laughs) That lady needs to stop doing Dr. Judith Spencer meditations because she's killing all the birds. Um, What's interesting is that piece you were saying before, about being able to discern between what's intuition and what is a longing and desire that you want to be true but probably isn't. And it's that piece that we've touched on before, uh, non-attachment, right? And so I feel like the more practices you can do in your life around developing the ability to be non-attached, then the more heightened and trusting your intuition will become because they're all one and the same. So examples of, you know, cultivating non-attachment are... Uh, I guess, far out. I mean, I really want to go through an episode without mentioning Vipassana, but that has been a big piece for me. <laughs> that any kind of meditation practice where you're just sitting and being in the present and catching yourself and your mind, wandering to past or to future. Uh, flow state activities, which we've mentioned before, surfing or going for a nice walk or a yin yoga class. It's all about cultivating present moment awareness rather than, you know, what's going to happen and this is what I hope and living in the head, which is difficult for most people, but especially double air signs like us. But if we can do it, you guys definitely yeah, can, can do it. Yeah, if we can do it, you guys can do it. <laughs> um, oh,
0: God, I just had a question in my head and it's
1: gone. That's okay. I have oh, one for you. It's so
0: important. Okay, hit me and hopefully I'll get you back.
1: <laughs> what are ways that you find help when it comes to opening the channel for you?
0: Oh, really good question. I'll tell you what doesn't help. Mm. So avoiding these is usually a big help. Um, And I think I've spoken about it before. Mm. But um, if I am highly anxious and highly stressed, I can't Mm. open the channel. It's like a big blockade for me. So really being conscious of being overstimulated by social events Mm. um, and, um, I mean, caffeine, alcohol, sugar, all those things. Um, I also find that if I'm in a really, um, like you said before, like forced state, if I'm really trying too hard and I'm attaching too hard to needing to know, then I put a big block against it too. But Mm -hmm. interestingly enough, this is actually what I was thinking about before, I find it very hard when i'm too close to a situation to get a good read on it and that's just not always for myself it's for other people too like i'll often voxy you or message you and be like holly um i'm getting this download about you and then i give it to you and there's a part of me that's like but i really want that for her so is that right or is that i mean not that it's ever wrong but it's sort of like Am I clouding it in again? My desire and my longing for Holly to have this outcome,
1: like when I'm going to be on Dancing with the Stars, but exactly
0: like that. Yeah, but I know. Do you do you get that? Like I, I mean, I, I never say to you, Holly, give me a reading or Holly, like download this. What is what is going? On? I, I never do because I'm like I don't even know, you know, if it would be accurate because you love me so much. You know, I know.
1: Yeah, it's true. I rarely, rarely read, like, actually sit down and do a proper reading for my closest people. Never have for Trent, never have for you. I've done briefly for Leah, but not very much. Like, I'll pull a couple of cards, but. It is difficult when you are so close to the person and you want things to happen for them. It's like you've got to be in a whole other level of being able to discern between intuition and trust and desire. And it's just, it can be exhausting really to sit in that space. Like Katie last night when I was reading for her girlfriend was like, Hull's never read for me, but I'll never ask her to do that. Because if a download comes out of nowhere, then I'll know that that's for you. And I I don't, maybe I've done that to you sometimes where I've been like, Jord, this has just dropped in. I know, but but I
0: still think it's clouded in something. Yeah. Maybe that's me deflecting.
1: Well, this is what people say all the time. They're like, how do you, how can you possibly read for someone that you don't know and over a screen? And it's like, that's the easiest. Do you know the easiest way to read is actually a phone call where you don't even see the person and you've never spoken to them in your life. That is the easiest way to channel. Agreed. Because there's no attachment whatsoever.
0: Agreed. You know, I, w- I wasn't going to say this because I didn't want to freak anyone out who comes to my yoga classes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, I do, I talk about it a lot, but I do touch people a lot in yin especially. Mm. Um, mm. And when I am touching them, I'm doing energy work on them. And I'll often get a read from them straight away. But I don't feel comfortable sharing that with them at all. And they're not there to get a reading from me. And I mean, half of them don't even know they're getting energy work done on them. You know, they're just kind of lying there. So that's a really interesting exercise for me because sometimes um, I'll get a really beautiful feeling and and download that'll come through. And maybe in a roundabout way, I'll kind of share something with them around it. But a lot of the time I get not so great stuff come up just because people are really struggling with life, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I can
0: feel that through their energy and there's nothing I can do to fix it or make it better. But it's just no. interesting that um yeah, that's the way that it can come through sometimes.
1: Well do you see it with like chiropractors who then go into kinesiology or massage therapists who then start to practice Reiki. It's because they're opening and activating channels Probably unintentionally for the first little while, and then going, oh god, there's energy work here, and I've got to dive into that a little more. Mm. So yeah, the act of placing hands on people is that's just a whole other level because also you're absorbing. I can't even imagine how that could feel at times because you're really taking on that person's energy, right?
0: Yeah, well, I always do a I always do a, a wash before I go in, like an energetic wash, and an energetic wash mm. when I come out. I, I've never felt uncomfortable. People ask me all the time, they're like, how can you just touch strangers that you don't know? I've never, ever, not once had someone who I didn't want to touch, ever. Mm. Um, and I think it's because it's it's not about me touching them. It's it's a, it's a part of the class. It's an energetic exchange. But even yeah. when it feels uncomfortable, I'm there to re- relieve them of the discomfort, you know? So, that, yes. so it's okay. It feels okay. And the beautiful thing about Reiki especially is that you're also getting the white light healing as you're delivering it. So it can actually feel very nourishing for the practitioner.
1: That's how I feel when I I give a reading and I've done my energetic practices to hold my energy. Sometimes in the past I've gotten lazy with that. I won't this time around. But afterwards, you feel like filled up and inspired, just as inspired and excited as the person that you've read for. So yeah. it is that really nice mutual exchange.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. So, whole huh, like over over recent years, how do you feel that your intuitive and psychic abilities have expanded and progressed and um, moved on heightened. and shifted and changed and heightened and all the absolutely.
1: Things? do you know the biggest piece that i've recognised in the last couple of years jord is that there's been and i've spoken about this before but it's so blatantly obvious far less reliance on the tools and far more trust of direct channel for me yeah. so and and that doesn't make it you know right or wrong it's just personally my experience of my abilities are a really deep, deep trust and knowing in that whatever I'm going to say and how it's going to just come out is right. And I rarely if ever need to pull a card for a person to confirm that. In fact, a lot of the time, and we'll see what I end up doing with the readings, I'm always guided in the moment. So I might have a deck of cards with me, maybe not. But a lot of the time if I pull a card, it will be at the end of a read just to confirm, almost like in a showy way, like a magic trick, that yes, everything we spoke about is summed up in this beautiful card that I just pulled for you. You know what I mean? i am
0: going to say, as someone who goes to psychics, I love a good card pull. Right? I love a magic trick. It's a bit of a gimmick. It's like,
1: oh, my God, everything you just said is just summed up in those two cards, but the messages of the reading don't change whether you've pulled the card or not. Yeah. So for me, it has been that really deep knowing and trust that what I am downloading for that person, do you know what else it is? It's trusting that it's always for their highest good. Uh, So now when I set up reads, even if it is for a friend, I'm much more specific around which archangels and guides I'm calling in to hold the space. And that now changes depending on the energy I'm feeling for the read. So sometimes I'll actually, mostly all the time, I'll call in Archangel Michael to just hold space because he's really good at protecting energy. But depending on the read, you know, I might call in Quan Yin or it might be... Artemis and depending on who steps forward that will determine the energy that the reading's going to take because Quan Yin's much softer and more gentle and compassion and love whereas Artemis is like warrior and fierce and I've been able to really tune into how the energy is held in the space of reading when I was giving readings last time I never did that Jord and so no wonder I ended up depleted and fatigued and needing to shot vitamin B into my legs because I wasn't holding the energy properly. So yeah. it's almost like a maturity, right?
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I I did a kinesiology session around this very thing the other day. And I've said to you a few times, I haven't said it on the potty, but um, this year as I've been writing this book, I really had felt like my spirit guides and my angels had kind of abandoned me a little bit. They'd felt, left you. I felt very alone in the experience, you know, mm. um, and I could tell the difference in channeling this book compared to channeling Make It Happen. It was very different. That book was very supported, and this book's just been all me, and I'm like, what the, where where are you? Where are, you are they? So um, what, I, what I realized in my kinesiology session with Zoe, it was so interesting, was that, they haven't disappeared, they've just stepped back so that Mm. my channel is coming from my higher self and my um, words that come out are purely me and not being sourced from anything else because that is my channeling gift. My channeling gift is to be able to express my vulnerability and the relatability of that is what impacts people, you know? Whereas I'm not here to, I'm not here to bring messages from spirit. I'm not here to help people, um, you know, access what's going on in their life in order for them to progress forward. It's like let me experience it and let me channel it out to you, and then you can do with it what you will.
1: It's so cool, Jord. It's like you're not here to write the next conversations with God. You are here to share your human experiences so that other people can go, yeah, I relate to that, like in a really relatable way to then learn the lessons. Mm. And that's actually going to have far more reach and profound impact than speaking through spirit.
0: So sometimes
1: spirit does have to step back.
0: Yes. And so I, sorry, where I was going with that is I understand, like I totally get what you're saying, like setting up the support and having spirit there and having Kuan Yin and having, you know, Archangel Michael, that's so beautiful. And that's definitely what you need in order to channel and hold your, hold your own energy so that you can channel for other people where what's been going on for me is that I've had to be able to let all of that go. So that I can Mm. be in my vulnerability, you know, like it's that it's that a contrast between the two.
1: It's fascinating, isn't it? Because sometimes you do you're like you're part of your spirit team and you're working alongside them and you guys are like arm in arm. And sometimes your spirit team goes, "Okay, push you to the front. You're on your own in this. For a purpose. So yes. they've never actually gone anywhere. It's just different dynamics and different ways of relating just like any other relationship in our life.
0: Totally. And it's so funny because I'm so misindependent in every single way. And then when my support team had stepped back, I was like, "Fuck you guys." And now <laughs> I get it. So I'm like, "It's okay. Thank you. Like I know you're there, but you're just in the background." you know, letting me do my thing, it. like taking my training wheels off the bike. That's how Zoe put it. She's like, it's like they've been holding the bike and the training wheels are on and now they've taken the wheels off and they've let go and you're just riding. And they're like,
1: go child, yeah. go child.
0: Yeah, I was like, "Okay, I can deal with that.
1: Oh my gosh, I love that evolution. This is exciting. And do you know what's exciting for you, Jordy? is you're going to really feel them when they step back alongside you and that's going to be really powerful.
0: It's my impetus to finish the book. I honestly think with this book and, you know, we haven't been talking a lot about what the actual subject matter is, but I'm sure you guys are working it out. Um, I want to finish this book for so many reasons. I want to finish this book because I feel like once it's finished, this big chapter of my life that I'm sharing throughout the book is done and I can move on to the next chapter. I want my spirit guides to come back. And also (laughs) I'm just sick of writing it and I want it to, but you know, there's this like real kind of like quick, quick, quick. As soon as we finish, we can move on with life.
1: Yes, and you'll yeah. probably have a guide upgrade as well, which is always fun.
0: Okay, so last week, whole um, we announced an Agony Arts a segment that we wanted to start doing, so and we asked listeners to write in with any uh, questions that they have advice on. And this week, we got a really great question that's actually in line with what we've been talking about. So I'm going to read the email out to you, um, mm. the relevant bits of it, and then um, we can both give our agony aunt advice so excited okay about six months ago in september last year i went and had a reiki session and tarot reading done honestly it was such a great experience and she touched on so many details of my past with a huge degree of accuracy i also found that many things she predicted did happen in the following weeks and months afterwards anyway in the meantime i've met someone in a totally out of the blue and completely unexpected way and have fallen totally and completely in love with them and them with me. I'm so happy in this relationship and feel that this man truly is my soulmate. There's no words I can use to describe it other than a whole body, intuitive, hell yeah kind of feeling. The only thing that comes to mind from time to time is that during that tarot reading, I was given a description and an idea of the timing of when I would meet my life partner and what they would be like, etc. And it's absolutely nothing like my partner in any way. I know that things are always open to change, including predictions about the future, but given the accuracy of everything else she gave me, it's making me feel a little unsettled. Should I go and get another tarot reading done? If so, should I go to the same reader or someone else? Am I being totally insane? Much love to you both.
1: Well, first things first, you're not being totally insane. I mean,
0: hands up if you've been there.
1: (laughs) We've all been
0: there. Finette, I'm actually there says. this week with a very actually, similar problem.
1: <laughs> literally, yeah. I was there two weeks ago where I was like, I need to see a third psychic this week yeah. because <laughs> I don't like what I'm hearing. <laughs> so firstly, not insane. Um, but what I want to say, George, is in my experience of being the reader, yeah. what I always say as a caveat at the beginning of a reading is, at the end of the day, you have uh, free will. And it doesn't matter what comes up in this space – You could, it's kind of like the butterfly effect, right? You could decide to walk out of our session and turn left instead of right and your entire universe shifts. All the reader is doing is reading your energy in that present moment. And it's great that she picked up so many things accurately, but it could have been those things that she picked up on that led you to the partner that you're with right now. And sometimes as readers, we're not meant to see the full picture. We're just meant to give you the little nuggets and stepping stones for you to then go on your way. And it's nice because the universe always has these surprises in store for us too. So I would say to this one, trust in that deep knowing and connection and love that you're experiencing because that is real. And it, it, whether you decide to go back to that reader or a different reader or not, what you're seeking is just confirmation of what you're feeling, which you already know you're feeling it. Does that make sense? Like it's already yeah. valid.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, what I want to say is definitely don't go and have another reading and definitely don't go back to the same person. Um, I think that what happens often, and it's happened to me a lot, is that, uh, and Hull confirm this for me, mm. is, A reader has to read the information that is dealt to them. Mm. So often, and we don't know how this particular reader works, but often she might see someone that she knows and that is an indicator of brunette, tall, handsome, whatever, builder, banker, candlestick maker, you know, (laughs) based on the picture that she gets. She's not necessarily seeing your future partner. So however she interprets that and gives it to you, her interpretation and it could be completely different and the other thing that I feel like psychics need to say more and all the good psychics that I see always say it to me is that timelines are not accurate because there is no linear time in an energy reading
1: this is exactly what I was going to say George exactly the next piece I guess it makes me a really good reader um no exactly what I was going to say is Time does not exist. So if they say in the next three to six months, you just can't determine. You just you just cannot. There's no way. Um, and if they get a month, what I tend to do is if I see that it's it's more you know some kind of pivotal moment that might have been their birth date around that time, not. Then in October next year, you're going to fall in love with this person. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: And this is the other thing which Hull touched on just before. And I, so I had an incident a few months ago with a psychic where I was told something about a certain person. And because I had that information, I started taking different actions around that person. Mm. And then I feel like maybe because I made all these moves, that I actually changed the course that she had originally seen because of what she had said. And yeah. that, I think, happens a lot, you know. We 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 hear something in a reading, so we start trying to make it happen. But by doing that, what's happened is that we've actually changed the course of action.
1: You're really good with pulling me up on this all the time, Jord, especially with the She-Bear Tarot readings. You're like, "Hole, you're doing that because She-Bear told you that that's going to happen. Reign it in. And it's yeah. good to actually have that accountability because we, without even consciously being aware we're doing it, it's like, oh, she said that, you know, this relationship isn't going to be my relationship forever. So I'm going to go out and sabotage it, you know, and that's why I think you're right, George. Jord- don't seek out a second opinion in terms of second psychic reading trust in what you're experiencing and feeling right now which is beautiful unconditional love like yeah. that's what we're all seeking right yeah. there's not there's there's nothing to worry about here like amazing totally.
0: it would be a different story if um you were in a relationship and it was really shit and horrible and she told you it was your forever person and you were like okay, well, I guess I should stay in this abusive relationship. Totally. And it's like, no, mate, like you are in an incredible relationship and she's saying that it doesn't fit the description of your future partner, but if it's working right now, then this is a new future you're writing.
1: And maybe you, maybe she wasn't meant to tell you about the partner you're with now. Like maybe this was meant to be the journey for you to get to him because if you knew about him, you would have done something sabotage which we like yes. to do without really intending to. It's like there's always a divine reason for things. And readers are just getting what they're getting. It doesn't mean that it's gospel. We've got to remember that. Like we're yeah. just... We're just channels and also we can get it wrong too.
0: Totally. And huge ticks that she got so much right. Amazing. Yeah. So Holly, recos, what is your reco this week?
1: I'm recoing a curly girl method, George. Oh, yeah. And the listeners might be thinking, what is this curly girl stuff you're talking about, Holly? I've heard it all the time and I need to understand. So basically there is this global phenomenon and it's literally called the curly girl method. And this is technique specifically developed for women with wavy to super curly hair in the proper maintenance and care for their hair. Now, I have super curly hair and I've never taken good care of it, much like me with my skin last year. And I've had the lovely Jordana Levine in my ear being like, whole, you should really take care of your curls. Uh, because I, I go to events and my hair, is just like a frizz bomb and I don't brush it. And I just wash it with whatever natural shampoo and conditioner in the health food shop. And don't, I, guys, I didn't even own a blow dryer until a month ago, like pretty bad, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not because it's so bad for your hair, but it makes your hair look beautiful.
1: Well, this is what I've started to do. So, Jordan and I found this beautiful small business, and they're an Australian business. They're called Boss Curl Co. Now, the big reason why I didn't jump on the curly girl bandwagon a few years when I fa- years ago when I found out about it is it is so detailed. There are so many different ways and products, and like it's just a lot. Jordan, there's video tutorials that go for fifteen minutes. And I just looked at that and was like, I don't have time for that and that's super exhausting. But what I love about the Boss Curl Method is they have developed, number one, uh, what's your hair type quiz on the website? So you go on the website, you plug in all this information about what curl you have and then they say, okay, here is the starter box for you that we've developed with all of the products that you need and you get a 10-minute video tutorial that shows you how to use every product in this box And then you can just top up from time to time, depending on your experience. I just
0: had a really good business idea that I'm going to tell you off the potty.
1: Oh my God. I'm so excited about this. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Your eyes are really big. So it means it's really good. (laughs) good. (laughs) So I, I was at actually, I was sitting opposite Jordan. I'm like, let's do it. Place the order, got back to Sydney. The box was there. It's a process guys. I'm not going to say that it's easy, but the difference that I have seen, and if you watch my stories, you will have seen as well in my curls in just three washes is incredible. I'm obsessed with this technique. It's, it's look, I'm not going to come out and say that it's all 100% natural product, but all of the products are vegan and cruelty-free, paraben-free, sulfate-free, fragrance-free. They're pretty good in terms of the uh, the quality of the product and it's made such a difference to my curl, jaws. So I won't go into the whole method, but some little techniques that I've been using are I only rinse my hair after I've washed it with cold water which is nice because then it forces me to have the cold rinse that you talk about at the end of the shower. It's just forced me to do that. Um, and that closes, I think, the hair follicles. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So it makes it for less frizz and more of a defined curl. I am scrunching my hair with a a natural hair treatment. I'm diffusing my hair with a blow dryer. Oh, my God, that takes so long to dry. I know,
0: but you know what, Whole Like, I spend half an hour washing my hair, drying my hair, curling my hair. So I have decent hair. Like this is what I know. we do.
1: This is what we do. And do you know what? I actually did get a couple of messages from women on my page saying, you've inspired me to actually take care of my hair because I was always dismissive of it. But it comes back to that ownership of our physical and being okay with taking care of our hair and our skin because it makes us feel good about ourselves.
0: I got a text message this week, I haven't shared this with you yet, from a friend of mine saying, thanks for pushing Holly to look after her curls because that introduced me to the Curly Girl Method.
1: Oh, my God. And it was you, Jord. It really was. Well, I just
0: want curls. So I was like, can you look (laughs) after yours? I really don't like how you don't do that.
1: <laughs> I know. And I had a lot of people being like, oh, my God, I don't have curly hair, but do you think if I use the Curly Girl method it will work?
0: No, it doesn't. It just makes your straight hair limp. I've tried it. <laughs> <laughs> so my
1: recommendation is looking into the Curly Girl method, but if it feels overwhelming, then definitely get on Boss Curl Co and one of their starter packs. It's Amazing. been brilliant. Amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. How, how about you, Joy? I, I It's so funny. Some weeks I I'm scrambling for a reco, and this week I've got three I want to share, which I'm not going to do. I'm only going to share one, but I just had so many things to recommend this week. Um, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to recommend a show on Netflix that I've been watching. My friends have been watching. My mum has been watching and everyone's obsessed with it. It's called love is blind. And huh. I'm very distracted by love at the moment because it's the thing that I'm writing about, but I just find this concept so cool. And I love American reality television. And it's it's semi-tasteful. I mean, it's not like full American Bachelor styles crazy.
1: It's not maths. It's no, not maths. No, it's not
0: maths. And basically the premise of the show is that love is blind. And it basically sets up a group of guys and a group of girls that talk to each other individually through what they call these pods. So they never get to see each other, but they go on dates. So they... Um, ask each other lots of questions and they can, I don't know how long they're spending in the pods, maybe like half an hour to an hour each time just chatting to each other, getting to know each other. And then if they really get on with someone, they propose to them. I don't know why they just can't meet them and have a relationship. But anyway, they propose. No, it's like you've got to get married. (laughs) They propose before they see each other. Mm. Then they see each other and then they go away to Cabo for a week and they take the relationship to a physical level if they want to take it to a physical level. And then the next stage is them going home to their families, introducing them to each other, cohabitating together, like living together. And then they mm. get married, which is the bit I'm up to. It dropped yesterday. Um, oh, did it drop yesterday? Yeah, dro- I haven't seen oh. it yet, but it dropped yesterday, The all the weddings. But what oh is, so- I just think it's such an interesting way of looking at relationships. It's kind of like the dating version of The Voice. Because you get to hear the voice but not see the person. <laughs> oh, and I true. think it's so interesting, you know, with the the current climate of dating, which is very superficial and very much like swiping through a catalogue of faces of yes, no, mm-hmm. yes, no, yes, no, to be able to really connect with someone without seeing them. And I just have to say that everybody is very attractive in this show. It's like n- nobody got a bung person. Everyone's no. very good looking. But it's, it's just interesting to say, is love blind? Because... I mean, I don't want to ruin the concept of the show for people, but I think there is an element of it where it really doesn't matter what the person looks like when you have a serious connection with them. But you also have to have that physical connection as well. It's not enough just to be intellectually, emotionally, and mentally stimulated by them. You still need to want to jump them, you know?
1: Well, that's the difference between a romantic relationship and a friendship, right?
0: Yeah, uh I would have to just disagree with you a little bit on that because I do feel like an emotional connection and a there there is an intellectual con- connection that can go beyond platonic with somebody that isn't necessarily right. about the physical. Because I think I've said it on here before, I've definitely been in love with many men that I didn't initially find physically attractive.
1: Yes, we had this conversation actually on Vox, didn't we? Because I've been watching it as well and my cynical side came out with love and I'm like the biggest romantic there is and I was like, love is not blind. Like I don't don't buy this for a second. And you were like, no, hold, it can actually be a thing.
0: Oh, yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, like (laughs) I hope none of my beautiful girlfriend's partners are listening, but I've got to say like aside from Trent, most of my beautiful girlfriend's partners are not – handsome men you know they love that you think trent is handsome <laughs> they're beautiful like they're beautiful soulful men but you know you wouldn't look twice at them on the street right
1: you know? right but yes. this is
0: what this is why apps like tinder and bumble and grinder if you're homosexual is just it's it's not an accurate read of someone because you're purely basing it on a photograph And love can be blind.
1: And do you know what else I just realised in having this conversation, Jord, is you're actually, when you're in the pod, you're, again, kind of what we were talking about in the beginning, able to get a better read of the energy of the person, like not seeing them rather than actually seeing and then judging by the thoughts that you're creating because you've seen them.
0: Yeah, and I think, like, for me especially, but I think it would be the same for you, Um, But just with a very Gemini dominant chart, it's, it very much comes down to communication for me (laughs) and not just, not just how someone um, is relaying information, but the tone of their voice. And I'm very much attracted to the sound of somebody's voice. Yeah. the uh, The sound of their voice, how they react to things I say, what their comic timing is, how they accept my jokes. All of that is so much sexier to me than the way that they photograph or the way that they rock up to a date. You know what I mean? So
1: What they're wearing. It's true. It's the witty banter, right?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think with enough time, I probably could fall in love with someone just from talking to them.
1: Well, I spoke to my mum about this too because it is one of those shows that starts conversation and I was being my cynical romantic self. i have never seen that side of me. I think it's because, mate, Venus is in Virgo. And I was like, yeah. no. No, that doesn't work that way. And Trent, whose Venus is in Pisces, was like, absolutely love is blind. Like, are you kidding, Holly? And I was like, let's settle this. We'll ring my mom, who I need to figure out what her Venus placement is, but she is Cancerian. And she was like, Holly, how do you think blind people fall in love? And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, let's take this literally for a second. And then my Venus in Virgo was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. That makes sense.
0: But hang on. <laughs> Honey, in saying that love is not blind, are you saying that love comes down to the aesthetic of someone?
1: Well, I feel like, no, no, no. Do you know what does? Sex. And that's not love, necessarily.
0: Sorry, what? Put that in a like, sentence. Okay, being
1: attracted to somebody and wanting to have sex with them, you've got to feel some kind of physical connection.
0: Yeah, but that's not love.
1: That's what I've realised. So I'm confusing the two. (laughs) (laughs) Story of my life. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm in a very unique situation. I've only had sex with one person. Give the gal a break.
0: (laughs) And also, like, I do think that you can have sex with someone who you love, who you weren't initially attracted to, but love makes you want to jump their bones. Yeah. You can have sex with someone who you're not in love with, but you're physically attracted to, and that makes you want to jump their bones. I have to say for me personally, I need to have something like love. Like it doesn't have to be love yet, but on its way to love. Mm. To be able to have sex with someone
1: the emotional connection yeah. and that has nothing to do with how they look
0: no no
1: bang on okay I feel like it's just my inexperience talking in this but I and also you totally a, get like what you an saying. and like, I do have a hot husband as well I'm like <laughs> Celeste Barber yeah <laughs> you are husband. like Celeste Barber <laughs> so good <laughs> all right Holly um
0: babe what what do you feel like witching about this week what's going on oh. look
1: look, here's the thing do you know what I was thinking about how I want to bring this up and I'm like maybe I'm actually whinging more at myself in the way I judge myself more than the judgment of others what I want to whinge about is the the concept of if you feel passionate about a cause right maybe your cause is natural beauty or maybe your cause is you know eco and sustainability when it comes to fashion or you know food when people force their cause onto you from a place of judgment, mm. how that feels in receiving that. And I, I want to give a couple of examples. So, obviously, stepping into a whole new arena when it comes to part of my career, being now in fashion and in beauty, I am sitting, who sorry guys.
0: it. She who can't get dressed or wash her face.
1: <laughs> Literally, or do her hair.
0: Who would have done? I'm learning
1: so much. But what I found myself doing is firstly judging myself sitting in a makeup artist chair and having non-natural products mm. applied because in my personal life, number one, I only use natural makeup. I only use natural skincare products. I've been doing so for probably five years now. And I did do a stint to also working with Depths of Beauty, which is all about cultivating natural beauty and awareness around why this is so important. And then I find myself sitting in a makeup chair and having – non-natural products applying to my face and then judging myself for that because I in inverted commas know better mm. however what I've realized is and there are more examples I'll give of in how other people's projections have kind of felt quite energetically invasive to me for me to really create the change that I want in the world in the causes that I'm passionate about I actually do need to have conversations with people who are unaware of you know in this case natural beauty and the way to do that is actually not from a place of judgment it's a way from it's a place of leading by example and encouraging discussion and communication around for example with the makeup artists oh do you know that I use a beautiful foundation and it's actually all natural product and it performs really well in photos it's called Inica for instance, and that's exactly what happened in a shoot that I did in Burley recently. The makeup artist said, "What makeup do you like to usually wear on your face?" And I said, "To be honest, I I use all natural makeup." She said, "Oh, what brands do you use?" And we had the conversation. So it wasn't me sitting in the chair and going, "Oh, can you not put that on my face?" It's let's start this conversation around some other alternatives, and then it's up to her to go away and have <laughs> what's,
0: that what's your winch What are you whinging but- about? Okay. <laughs> So my is, We're having isn't... the Mercury Retrograde chat all over again. <laughs> <laughs> my
1: whinge is, I went to the showroom of a brand a few weeks ago and received a DM from somebody who said, in reply to my video, fast fashion, frown face. Now, you wouldn't go up to somebody in the street wearing an outfit that may have may or may not be sustainable and go, fast fashion, You just wouldn't do that, right?
0: Yeah, I mean it's going back to the etiquette chat, right?
1: It's going back to the etiquette chat, but it doesn't have to necessarily be in DMs because I can also feel people's energy questioning me when they're watching, you know, for instance, my stories or my posts thinking, oh, but doesn't she stand for that? Why is she wearing that or supporting that brand without any kind of knowledge around what's going on behind the scenes? So this particular brand showroom that I visited I visited after I asked them, what are your sustainability practices before I come along and visit you? Because I just want to get an understanding of what you're doing in this space before I am seen to support you. My whinge is people are so quick to judge Yeah. Okay. And th- and it's a quick to judgment in the context of what do you stand for and what causes are you passionate about? And I'm passionate about this. So you should be too. Mm. I feel like, you can ha- you can lead by example you can be the example and you can have conversations in how you're showing up in your own life without having to force what it is that you believe onto to other people. And it's that piece that we were talking about around the fires as well, Jord. It's like when you're pointing a finger at somebody else because they're not doing it the way that you think they should do it, you've got a whole heap of judgment coming right back at yourself. What is the saying for every one finger you point at somebody, there are three fingers pointing right back at you. Like there are going to be times where I'm thirsty and I want a drink of water and the only option is to drink from a plastic bottle. And the – judgment that I'm giving myself in doing that is is so incredible feeling the judgment of other people as well and thinking oh god what if someone that you know knows how passionate I am about the environment sees me drinking from this plastic bottle while while I walk down the street Mm. so this is where I'm like is the whinge to myself for judging myself harshly or are we all judging each other and and should we be doing better I don't know what do you think
0: um I think that I can relate to your whinge absolutely, but I think at the end of the day, it's more about you than it is about them. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's not it's it's feeling confident in in your own approach to whatever's important to you, and standing in the truth of who you are, and not being swayed by not being so swayed or so affected. And I'm exactly the same, so I'm not judging yeah. you at all. Yeah, um, yeah. by the comments of other people and yeah, mm. it's unfortunate and yeah, it's uncomfortable and yeah, you can retaliate. We'll, with hang, with, um, we'll hang on a second. You know, I did ask them about their sustainability practices and it's an etiquette thing and it's a DM thing and it's part of being a profile on social media and it's, you know, it's part and parcel with it. It's just nothing you can do about it. So mm. I, I think that while I understand your whinge, I think that if we can just keep coming back to being in full alignment with ourselves, honouring our own truth and our own authenticity, then that sort of stuff is just stuff that you have to sweep to the side. Otherwise, it would just be a bunch of whinges.
1: Yeah, well, that's the truth of it, isn't it? It it got to the point where I I was sitting a couple of weeks ago with this and going – fuck me, is every single post that I have to do now an activist post? And every time I talk about something, does there have to be some kind of meaning and message and teaching behind it?
0: Honey, I think it's also, you know, it's this whole privilege debate. It's like we are in a privileged position with a profile and some people think that that means that we have to stand for everything, which we know that we don't have to, but getting slack from them is part of our privilege, you know? So it's just, Mm. it just. It's it's you know
1: part and parcel. Part of, it's part and parcel. Uh, every
0: time I go to say part and parcel, I'm like, is that even the term? I don't even know what that means. Like, <laughs> what does it mean? Part, like, what what is it actually? It's part and parcel. Mean like I
1: always think that with sayings, it's like bee in a bonnet. Why would a bee be wearing a bonnet? Well, think
0: about if you had a bee in your bonnet, like you would just be. <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> it's not it's the like, bee wearing a bonnet. No, it's
0: the bee in your like getting a bee in your bonnet.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's not okay. No. <laughs> I guess to make this more relatable for the listeners because I know that sometimes I can just be up in my own shit is you're right. It's not people judging. It's catching yourself in your personal judgment of self. And if that means that a self-care practice that you really love is going to get your nails done and they don't use the most natural products, don't beat yourself up over it, okay? Because you probably just cleaned the beach and it all kind of it swings and roundabouts, right? You found the definition of part and parcel, <laughs>
0: the expression has been used as a legal term from the mid 16th century principally for clauses of a law and for parts of a land holding it didn't start to be used in its present figurative sense until about 1800
1: i sense a new segment what's that
0: saying
1: (laughs) no (laughs) so that was my roundabout wind, which is mainly it was actually like can you guys just hold space for me to get this off my chest
0: yeah that's exactly what it was I liked it though I think it's important and Thanks. also we don't have to stand for everything so please stop hassling us about it thank you so much <laughs> um, <laughs> <I mean.
1: laughs> John
0: guess that celebrity natal chart
1: Adele,
0: oh yeah, I love adele i've been <laughs> I am not one to like jump on before and after photos, but I've just been so obsessed with Adele's weight loss this week, like I just can't get over it. It's blowing my mind, and I just i mean she's she was so beautiful before, so beautiful now, and I just like am obsessed with looking at photos of her, so I love that she's my. Celebrity Natal chart this week.
1: Yeah, I that's why I mentioned in the intro that she's been making headlines for beautiful reasons. Like she's taking control of her health. She looks beautiful and healthy and glowing. And we I just love Adele. I've seen her in concert once and she's so good, George. Yeah, Live. So like, good. oh my god. So guess her natal chart.
0: Um, okay. So I've been thinking about it. I did know that this was coming up. So I, um, I did have a bit of a think about it. And I'm getting a lot I like <laughs> I'm getting a lot of all the signs which is confusing me a little bit because you can't have all mm. of them. Um I'm going to start with moon. Actually no, I'm going to start with rising. Okay. And I think that her rising is a water sign because although she's quite performative and she's I just – what I'm trying to say is I don't find her very grounding and I don't find her very good at communicating. Like whenever I've seen her interviewed, she's all over the shop. So I'm going to go with water for rising. Am I right?
1: You are right. Oh,
0: yeah, okay, cool. I'm just going to park that for a minute. Cool. Moonwise. I'm getting Aries.
1: No, but the okay. element is correct. Oh, Holly. Sorry. <laughs>
0: All right. I okay. was just really proud of you. I know. Okay. Um. Okay. So it's a fire, fire moon. Then it would have to be Sagittarius. Correct. Yes. Okay. So Sagittarius moon, water rising. So what is that? what does that make her sun? I don't think it's fire. It's not fire. No,
1: nope. it's not fire.
0: And she doesn't strike me as a double water. So it's not water. It's not water. And it's not air. It's not air. Okay, so it is earth. What is it? Hmm. I'm gonna veto Virgo. I don't think it's vetoed. Good. It's vetoed. Okay. Good. Okay. Oh, Saggy Moon. So funny. Okay. So Adele has always reminded me of a certain girlfriend of mine.
1: Ah. And
0: she's Taurian, but I wouldn't. Okay. I don't know if she is a Taurus. I'll come back to that. Okay. So okay. Earth, Sun, Sagy Moon, Water Rising. She's not Piscean, and I don't think she's Scorpio. I reckon she's a Cancer rising. She is. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god,
1: you're so good at this. I don't know. Go with your gut.
0: Okay, Taurus, Taurus sun. Correct. Yes, that's so <gasps> funny. She reminds me so much of my friend Laura, but I don't know why. I run. I wonder if it's the Taurus in her.
1: Yeah, so you nailed that. Isn't it interesting when I saw this chart, I was like, oh, another Saggy Moon. So John Mayer last week was Saji Moon as well. Yeah. So the fire element of performers, I at least for me, I'm always like, oh, they must be a fire sun or a fire rising and it's likely a Leo. But the Saji Moon piece for singer-songwriters that are very good – it seems to be a consistent theme
0: of two people of of two
1: people in our pool of thousands
0: (laughs) that's how studies start
1: that's that's it guys we're basically scientists
0: Uh, um okay cool Adele great love it rolling in the deep
1: so guys bit of an elephant in the room you may have noticed when you clicked on the podcast this morning that there's been an upgrade in our artwork so we're super excited that we've come up to a year almost of the middle podcast and with that has been a little bit of an upgrade for us in terms of I guess Jod, you could call it a maturity of sorts right
0: absolutely
1: So, not only have we decided to go ahead and upgrade the artwork and the design, which obviously makes up a big part of the energy of the podcast that we'll be bringing to you, but... We've got an exciting offer to share with you as well.
0: Yeah. So, we really wanted to put our energy into the middle because it's become such a beautiful community. Um, and so, what we've decided to do, which we think you guys are going to be super excited about, is we've started um, a The Middle membership. And what that means is that as part of a monthly subscription that you guys can become a part of, we're going to be giving weekly energy reads to members. We're going to be doing once a month a group coaching call. We're actually going to walk you through different spiritual practices, um, things that you might like to include in your life, the things that you ask us about a lot that you want more uh, kind of tutorials on, I guess is the totally. best way of explaining it, Holly. So we're really going to be giving you that time. Um, and we the way that we're going to do it is through this exclusive Facebook group. So it's going to be for members only everything will take place in there. So the weekly energy reads that you uh, get to be a part of are going to be in that Facebook group. The monthly coaching calls will be live in there with Holly and I. Um, Mm. And any questions that you have interacting with us, any pieces of advice, any natal chart questions, all of that will go in this member's Facebook group. So it's a monthly subscription. The price is less than one cup of coffee a week, especially if you're an oat milk (laughs) latte kind of, Gal. Kind of gal. (laughs) Kind of gal. Um, And what it means is that our priority energetically will be in that members Facebook group. So the Facebook group that exists now, which we are obsessed with, will still exist. You guys can be in there. You can chat about episodes. You can ask each other questions. But our energetic priority, Holly and I, will be in the members group.
1: Absolutely, it's your opportunity to get more of that. I guess um, ability to ask us and really pick our brains for things, and and also we'll be guided by you guys in terms of the monthly topics for the tutorials, which is so exciting because we get to kind of get into your brains and figure out what it is that you want from us more. So that's going to be really fun. And Jord, we've we've done the first weekly energy read, and it's there, ready to go. It's so exciting,
0: right? Yeah, it's so exciting. So um, you can to become a member. There's a link in the show notes of this episode. Or if you go to our Instagram, you can find it in the bio. We'll also put a link to the um, sign-up page in the uh, Facebook group for The Middle Podcast Show now. So there'll be lots of different ways to find us. The beautiful thing about it is it is a monthly subscription, but you are free to cancel at any time. So you're not locked into anything. If you just want to check it out, see if it's for you, it's a perfect opportunity to do it. But we think you're the best. love it,
1: You're going to love it. The weekly reads are back. They're back in a big way, friends. (laughs) You've been listening to The Middle with your hosts, Holly Azapati and Jordana Levine. Join our Facebook group. Just search The Middle Podcast. When you're in there, you'll be able to find the link to join The Middle membership, which we're so excited about now, our newsletter used to share the additional bonus records for the week. They're going to be migrated over to the middle membership. So if you've been loving receiving those, definitely jump on in that new group. And we can't wait to see you in there. Also, join us on Instagram. Just search the underscore middle underscore podcast. Until next week.